Hi, and welcome to Around Our Schools, an interview program about education in Clatsop County. I am Sarah Meyer. Emma Geddes makes this interview sound great. Today, we continue from hearing, hearing from Astoria School District 1C educators. Kate Gore is the principal at Astor School, and Chloe Hunt is a counselor there. Astor School is home to 350 kindergarten, first, and second grade students. 28 teachers and staff provide support and learning opportunities. The building is a third school building that sits at 3550 Franklin Avenue, Astoria. It was built in 1925. Citizens passed a 70 million bond levy in 2018, and part of that money has expanded classrooms and safety at Astor. There's so much to learn, so let's begin. Astor Principal Kate Gore, welcome. Will you tell us about yourself and your journey to becoming principal at Astor School? Um, I've worked with the district for 23 years. Um, I started as a classroom teacher, um, actually here at Astor um, in fourth grade. And I was here for a while and then they restructured the district and they sent me to Lewis and Clark. And I had um, various jobs with the district. I worked as a title math teacher. I worked as a title coach. I ran an online school. Um, of course, I was a classroom teacher. I did um, talented and gifted for the district. So I did a lot of different things for the district. And then um, Aster principal um, position became open and um, I came over here. So you've been in Astor, Astoria for a long time and know the systems and the students. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm starting to have my students' children. <laughs> I can, I, <laughs> Which doesn't say anything about me. <laughs> I can remember that when I was in business and I had yeah. kids coming in. Yeah. Oh, well, well, Chloe was my student. <laughs> that's ex really exciting. Yeah. So tell me the job of a principal. Well, in a you know, it's interesting. A primary principal and a high school principal, uh, there's a lot of differences in those two jobs. But um, I think a principal in any school, you do just about everything. I mean, I, I tie a lot of shoes. I take out trash sometimes. I help with behavior. I help with uh, instruction. Um, I don't think there's any part of the school that you are not involved in. Um, and I, I think... Um, my job is to be visible and available to everyone. So do you have employee meetings? Do you have teacher meetings? Yeah, um, we have um, early release meetings. They're by grade level or specialist um, every Thursday. Um, and then we also have, you know, staff meetings and classified meetings. I have, you know, a, a classified staff also. Um, that help make our building actually run. Um, they're crucial to what we do here. So um, it's kind of sometimes we have two different uh, meetings because we have two different kind of groups. We have teachers and then we also have our classified, which would be, you know, um, class, classroom IAs or aides in the classroom. And um, so, yeah, we have all kinds of meetings here. Part of the principal job is meetings, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, welcome, Counselor Chloe Hunt. Will you tell us about yourself and how you came to live and work in Astoria? Yeah, uh, so I actually was born and raised here. Um, I went to Astor myself and all the Astoria schools, and I graduated in 2016 
went off to college, decided to become a school counselor. And then um, I was graduating college about the time the pandemic started. So I thought it would probably be best to move home. Um, worked at the high school for a year and a half. And then the school counselor position opened up um, and I applied and it worked out and it's been awesome. So tell me a little bit about how a person that's in high school can decide they want to be a counselor in Astoria. Yeah, so I actually, um, I started out college wanting to be into business and marketing and uh, it took me a year and a half to finally take a marketing class. And within the first week, I realized that it was not meant for me, it did not fit at all. And so I kind of had a a few weeks of panic trying to figure out like, whoa, I just spent a year and a half trying to do business. What am I going to do with my life? Um, my dad is a history teacher at the high school. He's taught here for 25 years, I think, maybe more than that. Um, and so education was a big part of my life growing up. And he had mentioned, oh, have you ever thought about school counseling? And I was like, huh, no, I haven't. And um, I reached out to my high school school counselor and she told me about her day-to-day -day, and I was like, that sounds really interesting. And um, I had taken some psychology classes um, because that aligned with marketing. And so I stayed with it and then um, went to graduate school for it. And I, it feels like the right fit for me. And it's working out. Working out so far. Did you often work with young kids when you were in no, high school? No, actually, this is, <laughs> this is kind of my first time working with kids this young. Um, I, I played sports growing up, and so I helped with youth camps, but I was almost always with the older kids. Um, I was rarely with the, the small ones. So this is my first real experience with five, six, seven-year-olds, and I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would, actually. Good to hear. Well, there are so many changes that are going on since March of 2020. Decision to close our public buildings as the COVID pandemic surged in the country. Those of us with no children in school have little understanding of what has happened in education since then. These first years are so crucial for helping kids get the basic support and learning skills they need. I hope you can help us understand some changes that have happened and their effect. Principal Kate. How is learning different pre-COVID and today? What's happened at Aster? Um, so I guess um, when I think about when we closed school, that was very difficult at a primary level. Um, it was an emergency situation, but um, so I, my teachers worked so hard to provide online services, uh, however, uh, we're primary, you know, kindergarten students and actually first and second, they, they need to be with each other. They need to be sharing. They need to be manipulating um, objects. They need to be, it's a very uh, whole body learning um, environment that we have. And so when you're online, that's just taken away. Um, and so now, um, you know, we're back in school and things are fairly similar to what they were previously. Um, you know, we have various rules about, you know, our lunchroom doesn't look anything like it was before. We have to sit kids six feet apart. Um, we have to um, segregate uh, students by grade level. Um, we have to, you know, obviously wear masks, but as far as learning is concerned and teaching is concerned, it looks 
uh, very similar other than, you know, say seating or um, lining up, things like that. Um, but we, we are back to normal as far as teaching is concerned. We do have more support in the classroom, which is incredible. Um, and that's made possible through, you know, funding through the government. Um, but um, as far as how we're teaching, it's, it's very similar to previous, uh, previous to COVID. So the basics of learning the words and the alphabet and the math says one plus one equals two is continuing. Yeah, I think if anything, we, we want to get farther away from any screens now. Uh, we think we've kind of had enough of screens. Um, so, you know, we really don't do a whole lot with um, it's tablets and things like that. We, you know, we still use them, but really um, much more sparsely than we did previous to the pandemic. I found it interesting that a grandson learned how to type with his fingers or his thumbs, but didn't know how to really print in his growing up days. And I thought, wow, that's that's different. That was one thing that we found um, during COVID is that kids did not have enough practice just writing. Um, and so our second graders were the most impacted because they had about half a year of kinder and then, um, you know, they were out for that basically year and a half. You know, we had online learning, but it is not the same. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so they're the group that we are really, really working hard to catch up, especially in reading. They're doing really well in math. Um, reading is, is much more complicated at this level. There's a lot of, of things that go into um, teaching reading. And so, um, that's our, our, our major emphasis is getting kids reading by third grade. Interesting. I was at, we were doing smart reading the day that the team came through and we were wishing them well on their way to state tournament and COVID shut us down that day. And it was like, wow, life changed so quickly for those little guys. That was one of the hardest days. There was two hard days for me, uh, really hard things during COVID, but that was one was when the girls went through and then they weren't able to play. Yeah, really hard. So are most all the students back in or do you have some at home still studying students that you teach? We still have some at home. Our enrollment is down um, about, I think about 80. Um, compared to what it was pre-pandemic. Um, so some of those kids are on, we have an online school through the Astoria School District, um, but some of them are online with various other companies. Um, so we don't, we are not at the same enrollment levels at Astor that we were. So do you have connections with those students or is it all through the online school education part? Um, so Travis Rowe, uh, he's our special programs director. He runs our online uh, school for us. So he's mostly in charge of those kids. I got um, some of them after the vaccine came out. So I just, I just received a, a few students that came from online back into the building um, just recently. That would be kind of exciting for them. So Chloe, do you know how students are doing academically? I, I hear the second graders are getting a lot of reading and help and tell us about what's going on. 
Yeah, that part, that's going to be more Kate than me. Yeah. So yeah, Chloe mostly works with uh, social emotional learning with our kids and supporting students um, in, in that area. Um, kindergarten, they're doing great. You know, kindergarten's mostly letters and sounds, learning how to blend um, consonant, vowel, consonant words, you know, writing their numbers to 20, counting. Um, and they're right on track as where they should be. Um, our first grade have, have learned a lot in, in reading. They're on track in math um, and they are doing, doing well in reading. I'm curious to see where they end up in June. Um, and then our second grade is doing very well in math. And um, they, I think we have more to do with them in reading. Uh, we're, we're hoping to get them there. Um, we're constantly looking at their, we just did a big winter testing. And so um, reading is still um, an area where we need to get them ready for Lewis and Clark. So you, you're saying that, that you're not using the um, computers or tablets very much with the school students now. So is there any, any adapted techniques that are learned through the COVID time that, that are be helping out in education? The superintendent, um, yeah, superintendent uh, Hoppus has some exciting parts and that might be in the middle school and the high school versus learning in the K through two areas. Yeah, um, it, it's not that we don't use technology, we do, it's just much less, I think. Um, uh, we're a bit burnt out from it. Um, uh, we're really, really trying to be um, with each other when we're here. Uh, we want kids to be talking to each other and working with each other and active together um, and present together. And so that's kind of our emphasis right now. So Chloe, that's your strength then? You, you're working at getting students together and meeting some needs that are you found? Yeah, so it's a lot of um, how to interact with your peers, how to get along with your peers. Um, a lot of these kids haven't had a lot of contact with um, kids their same age. And so it's um, it's been interesting to see. I mean, I don't have much to go off of from before the pandemic, but um, I feel like there's a lot more need for that um, social support than than probably before. Do you do it as group interacting with groups or do you, is it more individuals? Yeah, so I go, um, I'm able to go into every classroom each week and I provide 25 minute block lessons um, regarding various social, emotional learning. Um, for example, this month we're gonna be learning about generosity, um, tattling versus telling, how to solve your own problem, um, when to get an adult. So just little things like that, that I feel like some people don't really think um, kids need to be explicitly taught, but they do. Um, so I'm able to do that in the classrooms. And then my co-counselor, uh, Cassidy Manning, she will work with small groups and individuals um, for those who might need some more intensive support with those skills. So do you feel wanted by those students as you go into their classroom? Yes, yeah, it's it's really amazing to see how much they they latch on to you, I guess. Is that the right way to? Chloe gets lots of hugs. Lots of hugs, <laughs> yes. Every time you see them in the hallway, someone's waving at you. They want a hug, they want a high five. They just, they love that 
positive adult interaction and then applying that to their, their peers. That is so good to hear. So can you give us a typical day for students, Principal Kate? Um, most of our reading happens in the morning. Um, and actually, you know, we, a lot of, a lot of teachers also do a, a bulk of math. We have 90 minute reading blocks. Um, and so, um, usually a teacher is running kind of a center sort of system in their classroom where, um, they might be meeting with a instructional assistant doing phonics and then they're reading in a small group and then they have an activity. That's generally what a reading class looks like. And then they might have math. They have um, two or three recesses a day, you know, lunch, um, and then, you know, all the other things that go into school, you know, all the writing and um, some kids, you know, have special services where you, you might have um, uh, English language learners go and, and receive services. Most of our services for English language, language learners uh, are push in, they come into the classroom. Um, so I, I, it's, it, it looks very similar to what it did uh, pre-COVID. Do you have full day kindergarten or is it two half days? Full day. Yeah, it's been full day. I don't know how many years now, but it's been quite a while. So they come at the same time that the first and second graders do and they leave at the first time, same time? Yep, yep, same. So that's for those of us that don't have kids around, that's a change. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was half day kindergarten. Um, there were there was there were some benefits to it, but a lot of it it's it was just such a short time, especially when you have recess and lunch and and a you know a PE or music. The time that you had you know for academics was very very short. Um, but it is very tiring at the beginning of the year being a five year old and going all day. It is it is hard. Some kids have more stamina. My daughter, when she was a kindergartner, would come upstairs and fall asleep on my floor in my office. I mean, it's very tiring. Um, but by now, most of them are are used to it. So, do you still have the nap time or quiet times for kindergartners? A lot of times after lunch, I'll see classrooms where they're, you know, quietly looking at books and there's quiet music going on just to kind of settle them. And, and I do think that we need to have that time, um, just especially for children who are introverts. It's, 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 it's a pretty intense environment um, to have to be around, you know, from home to school where you're around so many people and so much uh, commotion um, that there is a, a needed kind of okay, we have to just kind of sort ourselves out and have some quiet time. So that that's common, in, in, especially in kindergarten. Okay. Chloe, back in a few years ago when a lot of listeners had kids, there were no counselors in the K through two eras. Um, how, did, how does it work for those kids? And I think it's a fantastic opportunity and, and assistance, but how, was a need determined that we needed counselors in the small grades? We've had counselor, yeah. we've always had a counselor here. Um, this is the first year I've had two. Um, and, and I was actually a little bit nervous on how I was going to have the two work together. And it, I think I hired um, fantastic people. They just <laughs> made it work. Um, they have different, different um, sets of um, tasks that they're responsible for, but they, 
seem to cover for each other and uh, well and everything gets done. There's a lot of a lot of need. There's a lot of children who have um, uh, trauma or uh, big stresses at home, mm -hmm. family changes, um, you know, abuse, all that sort of thing, um, or even just children with separation anxiety. Um, there's all kinds of, I could go on for a very long time. So there, there, there is very much a need. Um, and the kids love our counselors and are, are really connected to them. So it's a kind of an energetic dialogue with little kids to feel better about themselves and, and what they're learning. Is that, is that where we come to school to do and it feels better with the counselors around? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just, this is what a counselor would look like at an elementary, you know, sometimes kids have a hard time just transitioning from the car to the, the school building. Yeah. And uh, my counselors stand there and, and help them in. And sometimes they need a little moment to just get ready to go to class. Um, and so they, you know, transition them back into class or, you know, sometimes kids need a little break um and they help with that um and then of course they also do their classes but they're always busy helping someone so before the pandemic we had parents and volunteers they used to help with the reading and lunch buddies um is that involvement happening now or is it planned to restart we actually opened the schools to volunteers and it was just a short window i think it was about three weeks and then um the new variant came out and then we shut it. Um, I, I do have just a couple groups that are allowed in. One's the Columbia Maritime Museum. Um, they come in and then I have a very special musician. Um, his name's uh, Benji Latham. He comes in and sings with our kids every week. Um, but other than that, um, we're closed right now to volunteers, which is really uh, challenging for us because we're used to parents helping in classroom. We're used to smart volunteers. We're used to, you know, basically anyone who cares about kids and and wants to be involved here. Um, we were excited for them to come. Of course, there's you know background checks and all that that we do, but um, uh, that has been a major change for us. Um, and and hopefully soon we'll get back to to what we were. I think you had a volunteer librarian come in. Is that now a yep. paid position or is it no librarian? We, we have a librarian, um, but we also had people who would come and volunteer in the library too. We, we basically had volunteers most Everywhere, places. Everywhere, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, it, was a, it was a really parent support. So how do you keep parents in touch with what's going on now within the schools? A lot of it is um, teachers make lots and lots of phone calls. They have an, uh, an app that they communicate with parents um, very free frequently. It's called Remind. It's just an app that parents get messages and they can talk back and forth that way and receive pictures. And so there's, there's that. We just did parent-teacher conferences. Um, and actually, we were going to do those live. But um, then again, the variant kind of took off. And so we did those. Um, virtually um so yeah we just let parents know that you know any any time they need to talk to us that they can just call um but yes that is that is different than it, than it was previously yeah so is there a 
parent-teacher organization still active at Astor School, or is that kind of aside also? Is that kind of been way late? We do have one. We had to reestablish the whole uh, group this year because um, in COVID, it just kind of went away. And so I, I do have a, a parents club um, and they're looking for volunteers if anyone wants to volunteer. Um, there's my little plug. Um, so yes, that we do have a we do have a parents club. Um, I think they they are doing a lot, but they're it's different than it was. Like I can't do a whole school assembly uh, because I can't have all my grade levels together. So that kind of that's the kind of stuff they purchased before, and so we just have to be creative and and think differently. We'll get beyond all of this. I know that. Yeah, we will. So, Kate, can you share how the bond levy improvements have helped the students in their educational process? Um, well, one giant thing that happened at Aster was our, our old gym was just about falling down. You could stick your finger through the paneling on the siding um, and the roof leaked and it was in a really bad shape and they they restored that building and i think it's something astorians would be very proud of they used the wood the very old wood that you probably can't even buy anymore um you know clear grain fir beautiful big beams they restored all that they restored the floor i don't think the floor had ever been refinished before it i still can't figure out what kind of wood is is in it but it's it's an absolutely beautiful space now and we so we use it for a it's kind of a multi-purpose room we use it as a, a gym for the community at night and then we use it for as our place that we eat our cafeteria in the day <clears throat> that was a big change for us um, and then we added some classrooms where our cafeteria was and we got a brand new beautiful kitchen and our kitchen was in a sad state previous to um, the bond um, and then they upgraded all kinds of um, systems like uh, we, our boilers, we were running off of one boiler and if that boiler would have broken, um, we would have been in a bad way. So we have two beautiful brand new boilers. Um, we have new camera systems, we have new um, alarm systems. We have all our kind of new, new systems um, are, are, are great to have. And then we also have um, new windows um that were much needed so th those are the big things that we did um and it's been it's been very nice and we're pretty much done now with construction here and we just have little odds and ends but we're pretty much um through it i find that the support that our public education buildings get and educational systems get from the citizens is pretty fantastic and that we bonded and we wanted to keep a 1925 building in good shape and all, all of the things that go along with taxing ourselves to be a community that supports education is one of the better parts of being an Astorian, I think. I just I really yeah. like it. Well, Astor's I like an old house ahead. that you have to take care of. <laughs> Sorry, Astor's like an old house you have to take care of. Just That's like, right, you have yeah. to take care of it and we are. A little bit late sometimes but but we we step up well i want to thank you for being so passionate about education and the support you provide to those 350k through second grade students and thank you for sharing astor school with our listeners
Today, Around Our Schools celebrates its first year of sharing educational happenings in our schools. We have heard from Classic Community College, Tongue Point Job Corps, and now the Astoria 1C Schools. KMUN offers all of these past interviews on their website. We've been dealing with the COVID pandemic and how educational institutions had to quickly adapt to new ways to teach. It has been hard as we are social animals and seem to want consistency. Many of us have had troubles when we have had too many changes. Mental insecurities are on the rise and the need for learning coping strategies is evident. One cooperative effort offering training skills will happen in April and we'll learn more about that next year or next month, let's start. Education is a key to a healthy community and nation. Schools have been in Astoria since 1854. We taxpaying citizens support and demand that we provide the skills that make choices possible. Thank you to all our educators and kudos to KMUN for providing a connection. I am Sarah Mina, Sarah Meyer, your host, and Emma Geddes is our tech guru. We'll be back on March 8th.